We've been doing this for a long time. Sabine, uh, I've been kind of anticipating this episode for a while. Um, we, uh, we've known people that kind of associated us together, connected us together. And uh, there's a lot of things in your story that, um, that I came across that uh, made me know that you needed to be on the, uh, the Broken Instruments podcast. I'm very thankful that you're here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. So. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Um, if, if you know or if anybody's um, seen the podcast, a lot of it is about hard lives. And I think you've had one of those lives. Um, you've had it, you've currently have it. And I think um, we want to package this life that we have now based on our past. And um, our past, like even especially the hard times, shape who we are. Right. And um, even hearing just parts of your story, pieces of your story, uh, it inspired me a lot. And it made me reflect on my life a lot. Mm-hmm. On what okay. exactly I need to do in my life. And, all, and most especially how... I should I should interact with the world because I think you know and we'll get to it of course you you uh, you've dealt with a lot of adversity um, physically as well um, more so emotionally and um, I want to welcome you to the uh, to the the Broken Instruments podcast ladies and gentlemen this is uh, Miss Sabine Shopke does it sound right yes perfect <laughs> you got it right. awesome I hope so I yes. hope so um, a little bit about yourself Sabine um, I I know everybody sees your Instagram. And they see this, this powerhouse of fierce lioness <laughs> energy. Um, I don't think anybody starts at that point, like being that. And I think you said in one of your past interviews was, you had a boring life. I, it's, it's hard for me to believe that. <laughs> I don't think anybody has a boring life, right? But um, definitely there, there, were, there was a beginning before this is who you are now. Right. Um, a little bit about your past before um, any big shifts in your life to end up where you are now. Um, who was Sabine before all those types of things started happening in your life? Well, I, I feel like there were multiple very different Sabines before that. Uh, I was originally born in Germany. Uh, I lived there with my parents and two brothers until I was 16. And then there was a few things going on that made me go to Canada by myself at 16 and go to school there. And uh, my parents back then said, okay, we'll we'll support you for a year overseas, but then you have to come back. And I didn't want to go back. So uh, I found ways to support myself over there through scholarships. And then pretty soon, a couple years later, I started my own company. So at a very young age, I uh, found a way uh, to support myself. I, it was an interesting, I mean, that in itself, like when you're really young, I was like 19 at the time, I had zero money and I had this dream of a company that I wanted to have. I went to Toronto and I was basically homeless in Toronto and I set up this company back then. And within three months, I got it to work wow. and I got my own place and it all went uphill from there. Um, so that was 
once been back one, then. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I ended up going to university. I supported myself and I sponsored my brothers to come to Canada. And um, so that was one part. I graduated. Uh, I went to a Harvard affiliate in Canada. I got my MBA and I graduated and then realized, oh my God, I don't want to get a job. I have the perfect job. I make more money than anybody else. Yeah. I, I'm free to do what I love to do. I got to, get to travel. And I ended up coming down to uh, California to open up a subsidiary of my Canadian company. And that, that's really what brought me to California. What company was this? That it you was an exporting company. Exporting? Mm -hmm. I, I saw opportunity uh, for goods that people wanted in Europe that were very expensive and that were way cheaper in North America. So I started that and I filled entire aircrafts with merchandise that you know were cheaper retail here than they were wholesale in Europe oh wow yeah so it was a, it was fun it was a fun project like, <laughs> is that still functioning right now or no because okay. it's not legal anymore oh, the laws changed it. the laws changed if you're not an official like a license holder of a brand you're not allowed to import it into Europe so now, they yeah they, they shut you. that down yeah. yes they caught me yeah. but, hey, it was fun while it You're lasted. You hustling from the beginning, yeah. Yes. So um, I, st I mean, started was, hustling really young. Well, and that's one Sabine, right? Yes, exactly. And I believe that you know, through phases of life and chapters in life, yes. you know, it shapes who you are, and yeah. you can't hide who you are. No. So um, you said you had siblings. How many siblings do you have? Two. I have two brothers. Two brothers. Older? Yeah. Younger. Oh, they're younger. Uh -huh. So you're the oldest sister. Yes. Wow. So. Okay. Okay. So you make, you make your way to California. Yes, and, and then continued yeah. doing what I was doing for a little while until it wasn't possible anymore. Um, and then I became a mom. Like, I had yeah. twins, and that was kind of the boring life. Like, it wasn't boring, boring, <laughs> but it was so normal, you know, yeah. which was not like me, uh, like who I really am. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I love my kids and I love that whole phase. They're now, this month they're gonna be 18. Wow. Uh, so I've kind of wow. just cl closed that chapter. Um, but I, all of a sudden I was kind of put in this box of being a mom and I was with somebody who didn't really support me going out and doing my own thing and who was kind of like, okay, now we're going to do this, now we're going to do that. And it wasn't really relevant what I wanted to do, yeah. you know. So um, it kind of clipped my wings a little bit, you know, and um, I, I lost for temporarily a little bit myself in that. And until that relationship was over, and I, I just couldn't take that anymore. I, I felt so claustrophobic, and um, yeah, I oh. knew at some point, and I think that was for, that was like the big turning point for me was where I asked myself and said, "Oh my God, this is it!" Like that was the big question. And only later I found out. Some therapist said to me, "He said, usually when people ask themselves, is this it? Like this is going to be it for the rest of my life.'" Mm. They, either, they go either way. And for me, it was like, no, it's not. I got to change this. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, you felt you weren't happy in this right. life. Right? Yeah, I wasn't. And not to say that it devalues your kids or family no, not or anything, at all. right? Not of course. Um, but there was something more that you needed, right. I think, in life. And once I made that change, I mean, it was hard on the kids. And of course, you have all this guilt and all of that. But now, when I talk to my kids now, they're like, oh my God, mom, we're so proud of you. Mm. We're so proud of you 
to follow your calling, to follow your heart. And I think even though it was hard for them at the time, uh, I think at the bottom line is they got a lot more out of that, like what they've learned over the last few years from that. And looking at me, how I changed and how I pushed forward, they got a lot more out of that than if I would have stayed. So bottom line, I think everybody won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think people don't give enough value to um, you being the example to your kids. Right. And I know, you know, at certain ages in high school or whatever, like you have kids that either like they resent their parents or something. And then you become an adult and then you realize who your parents are and what they've done and the decisions they've made. Right. And now your kids see you as an inspiration because they're in that point of life where they're responsible for themselves now. Right. Powerful. And I, I see it like with my daughter. She just got accepted to a university in Switzerland. And wow. she's gonna, she's like, Mom, I'm gonna do what you did. Nice. She, she's gonna go over there. She's gonna go to school over there. And I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of, of her. In, even last year during the pandemic, she was like, I don't wanna just, I'm not learning anything online. She took off for six months. She went to Switzerland by herself at 16. You know, That's exactly what you did. Yeah, I'm like, and here you go. There you go. I am so proud of you. People were like, aren't you upset? And I'm like, no. I mean, I'm going to miss wow. her like crazy because her and I are very close. But no, I am super proud of her. She, wow. It like propelled her forward, you know, in being independent and the courage it takes, you know, to yeah. do this on your own. It's amazing. At 16 years old, yeah. that takes a lot of courage. And yeah. I mean, she comes from you and right. <laughs> you had that in yeah. the past. Um, so let's... You know, you as a mom, mm -hmm. um, what led you to be Sabine now, the powerful bodybuilding, <laughs> tough, the tough lion that I'm, that's in front of me right now, like from that boring life. I wouldn't even call it boring life. It's the wrong word. But yeah, definitely. That very normal. I, see, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, like the mundane life that we're taught is normal in life, right? right? Like that, you know, this is what you do. You become parents and then you, you let your kids be the dream. Right. And we're, uh, we don't live our dream anymore, which is not necessarily the truth. I mean, we think it's our dream. Yeah. Like, I wanted kids so badly. It yeah. took me three years to have kids. I had wow. all kinds of issues, and I wanted these kids so badly. And I, I did. Yeah. I really did. And it, but then it's like with so many things when you're like, oh, this is my dream. This is what I want. And then you get it, and you're like, uh, and now what? It's not, yeah, true. <laughs> What's next? Yeah, you yeah. know? True. Yeah. True. And, and even more, it doesn't discredit anything you did, because now you, no. you look at your kids as... Oh my pride, God. with pride. Yes. Because they're like you. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, you have this nonprofit uh, called Shiny Little Blessings. What's the story behind that? So that's a business I started um, almost 13 years ago, actually. Wow. Uh, there also, I was not in a good place. We had a oh. house fire, lost everything, and started from scratch. Like, what? we're okay. completely bankrupt at that point and wow. um I, I was like what am i gonna do now like work-wise you know wow. um and i started we were going through like lawsuits a lot with the fire and um it was a very difficult time and i started to make these pieces of jewelry for myself and i would stamp them with words that were meaningful to me and inspire me and my kids at the time were i think like four and a half five years old and I kept looking at them and thinking, A, anything is possible. I was never supposed to have these kids, so I'm going to get myself out of this situation. And B, um, God, even if you have nothing else, mm -hmm. but you have two healthy kids, focus on that. And everything else is going to be okay. 
And so I had words that inspired me and I would make pen different pendants and depending on the day and depending where I was emotionally, I would wear different pendants on that necklace. And then like friends, neighbors would notice and say, what is, where do you get that? You know, and it just started. And I like one necklace at a time and I would hear stories from people about things they were going through and I would, they would either give me a word or a phrase and I would stamp it for them or they would say, this is the story do something about, like, wow. make something. And um, I had a spare bedroom, and I started like that. And um, I, somebody said to me back then, it's like, oh, put it on Etsy. Oh, Etsy, yeah. the marketplace yeah. for handcrafted items. And, and I looked at this, and I was like, oh, it's going to cost me 20 cents to list that. Okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I put it on there, and... I, I mean, I look at these listings now, these old listings from 13 years ago, and I'm like, I can't believe anybody bought anything. This is so bad. The <laughs> photography is so bad. Like, <laughs> the presentation is horrible. But we went from that, you know, in a spare bedroom by myself to today, 13 years later, we are Shiny Little Blessings is number 42 in the world out of 3.8 million vendors. Oh, my God, yeah. Wow. And... It is everything I wanted it to be because at the time, you know, I had to make a decision, okay, am I going to be a mom or am I going to get a full-time job and never see my kids grow up? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to create a workplace for women where family comes first. Wow. So, and that's what it's become. I have a bunch of women working for me. They all have family. Every position is double stacked, so they each have their back. So if one has to run out because somebody's sick, the other one jumps in, and it's a beautiful community of women working together, having each other's back, and it's everything and more yeah. that I wanted it to be. And, wow. and, and then I got to a certain point where I was like, oh my God, I am so blessed. Everything worked out. Holy crap. <laughs> I can support my kids. I can you know, have a life, the life that I wanted. And I was looking for nonprofits to support. And because of my history of like, being homeless in Toronto for a while, you know, I was like, I want to support homeless children. So I searched high and low for an organization that appealed to me, and there's one called Family Promise. It's a national organization, and they help children and their families transition out of homelessness. Because I said, I don't want to just hand out sandwiches. I want to help families to get back on their feet. And that's what they do. They have a holistic approach where church members take these families in. They figure out why they're homeless. What do they need to become self-sufficient again? And then they do all of that until they're ready to be on their own again. Wow. So that's the organization I work with. And that's beautiful. So it's been... Yeah, it's been a dream come true. And when, like you said, people don't just need like a sandwich to be fed one day. Right. right? Um, we, like there's a saying that you, you teach someone how to fish right. rather than giving them one fish. Yeah. So that you, they're fed for one day and then that's it. Um, you get people on their feet until um, they're functioning on their own. Right. And that's, um, those, those things in, in our world, in our society, are overlooked for some reason. Mm -hmm. People don't talk about those um, non-profitable organizations that are specifically to help others that are in need. Right. Um, and that's a powerful thing. I mean, I, I've checked um, Shiny Little Blessings and just the message is beautiful. And Thank sometimes you. just one word yes. can change everything oh, yeah. for somebody. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, was there one word that spoke to you when you started this that was like, that lit you up more than any other word that yes. you came across? What was it? It's joy. Joy. Yeah. Three-letter word. Even now oh, it wow. can make me cry. Wow. Because I think of my daughter and 
I look at her, like, in, like think back back then how difficult the time was, and I, I would look at her and just her bright light and the joy she had, you know, and she still has, and that, that's all you need to see, like, but you got to see it. But once you see it, it's like, okay, that fire is on. I'm going to be able to do anything I need to do to move forward. Wow. Yeah. And something as simple as joy and people, they, they, they uh, use joy in a way, or they have this connotation of joy as like, you know, rainbows and stuff. Right. But you're pointing out that joy lit you up like a fire. Yeah. And there is some um, assertiveness and aggressiveness when it comes to joy, because you, you want to bring it to, you want to bring joy to family. You want to bring joy to your daughter. Um, You speaking about your kids, it it kind of made me think about the story you were telling about when you were, um, when you were assaulted and it was your daughter that was the one that really got you to say something. Right. Um, I mean, it's difficult to, to, you know, for us as individuals to be like, all right, I'm going to do things on my own. Um, this is what I need to do. Um, I can, I can take it. I'm fine. Like nothing's wrong. I'm going to move forward. Um, I know it's very sensitive. Um, I really don't want to push it if, if you don't feel comfortable with details, of course. But um, um, you experienced some uh, violence yeah. in your past. And I mean, if you can speak to that, I think it would help a lot of people. So I, um, I was attacked. I was attacked, um, strangled, beaten, and then almost raped, but I got away. And um, I had terrible PTSD after that. Um, it was in my own home. I was asleep. So uh, it, it does a number on you. And um, yeah, I had horrible PTSD. I uh, started drinking. Um, and at some point, I had to make a decision where this was going to go. And I felt like um, if I was going to just continue down that road, that the person who did that was going to win. I see. Um, but it is a hard spot to be in. You know, like, I was pretty beaten up. Like, physically, I was hurting. Emotionally, I was hurting. And, uh, I mean, I'm a very positive, high-energy person, even back then I was. But that didn't matter. You know, when you get, like, something like that happens to you, um, I have all the compassion in the world. Like, it's, it's a horrible thing to pick yourself up from that spot. And I don't have any family here. Like, it was, you know, and you kind of isolate yourself. And it's hard. It took your daughter to tell you something right. that really changed your mind on what to do. Right. What, what, was she, what did she say? How did that play out? So after the attack, I... Um, honestly, I was out of it. I, I was out of it for... I didn't even feel pain um, until... I'm gonna say probably like 15 hours later when I, I, you know, I slept and then like during the day I slept again, I kind of knocked myself out and I, and then I was like, okay, you gotta get up, you take a shower. And I took my clothes off and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was shocked how my body was black and blue. Oh my, God. my foot was broke and like, I was like, wow, how come I didn't feel this, you know? And then the pain started to set in. And, but it took me a while to, I don't know, like to, for my brain to function again wow. yeah. fully. And the next day, which was almost like two days later, um, I took my daughter to a tennis lesson. 
and she sat next to me in the car and she said, Mom, so what are you going to do about it? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And um, she asked me, she said, what would you do if that had happened to me? And I said, I would kill the guy. Yeah. Because I know as a mother, you know, yeah. like somebody touched my daughter like that and beat her up and I saw my child black and blue. Oh, I would. Yeah. Oh, and she's like, no, seriously, what would you do? And I said, oh, okay, seriously, I would go to the police. I would make sure this person pays for what he had done. Yeah. And then she looked at me and she said, mom, why don't you love yourself enough to do that for yourself? And it made me cry. I was like, oh my God, she's so right. Yeah. yeah. I have all the love in the world for my children, but for myself, no. So um, I dropped off at tennis and I went to the police. Yeah. Yeah. And I started the process, which is a very, very difficult process. Um, the system is so broken. Um, I'm still glad I did it, yeah. just because I had to show her that this is not okay. Yeah. You don't just walk away from it. You gotta stand up for yourself. 100%. So, and I, it was never about like revenge, you know, like, oh, he needs to pay for, like, I didn't never have that feeling. Um, maybe I should, I don't know. But I, for me, it was, my priority was always, okay, how can I ever look at my daughter, or my son, but I'm more concerned about my daughter because mm -hmm. she's a girl. Uh, how could I ever look at her and say, oh my God, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why did you allow this to happen? How could I ever do that yeah, if I couldn't yeah. stand up for myself? Yeah, that's true. Wow. So it kind of, I don't know, it, it just it had to be done. And, you know, that's the hard part is that, you know, when you, you work so hard and you're, you're tough on yourself and everything, it takes someone else's love for you to realize right. that you've been giving a lot of love and, and you and as we should to give love to your family, to your kids and everything. And then at that point, you don't really have enough love for yourself at that point. Like right. You're losing that. You're tired. Aspect. Honestly, yeah. I, especially at that point, I was like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal with this. This is like a mountain of like just the life throws at you like now I have to deal with that yeah yeah I just want to be left alone and that's what I kept thinking I remember I kept thinking as long as he doesn't come back as long as my kids are safe I will get through this I will deal with this I will get through this mm -hmm. that's what you're telling yourself yes but at that but at, at that point are you ever do you ever feel safe again you know it's um and, and like you mentioned the, the system the justice system whatever it is it's broken I a couple episodes ago on the podcast I had um a, a lady talk about how she was abused and um, uh, with domestic violence and all this stuff. And that was one thing she mentioned also is that when she went to mm -hmm. report it, uh, they didn't, they didn't believe her right away. They don't. And that's, and that's the hard part is like, well then what, what, what are they there for? Because right. um, I think one thing that they asked her is like, are you sure this happened? <laughs> um, are you sure? Like, are you, do you just want attention? I think they, they said that to uh -huh. her. And you saying this right now, it's, it's kind of like this pattern that I'm even realizing is deeper than I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, you want to be heard. You want to be understood and things like that. And the problem is 
what was it? Like, was it these people not believing in you or not like because of something else or they're judging us um, beforehand? Um, how was it facing that, that kind of um, that barricade right away where like, they didn't believe you? And then how did you break through that? How did you get them to believe you? There was multiple reasons why this was difficult, and there's a couple I can't really get into. Got it. Um, but one of them was that it's your word against the other person's word, which I understand. Yeah. But if you walk into a police station and you're black and blue and you have broken bones and you're saying, I need help, I, you need to help me to feel safe and you need to take care of this and do whatever, like... Um, and then for them to say, oh, uh, so how did this happen? Okay, you explain exactly what happened. And then they say, well, prove it. And I said, look at me. Yeah, you didn't do that to yourself. Right, like and then they said, and I said, oh, and my neighbors who actually came to rescue me, they heard me scream for my life. So obviously this is what happened. Yeah. And then they would ask you and say, did they actually see him beat you? No, when they came in to the whole scene, they actually, he stopped. Like, no, they didn't see, but they heard me, and that's why they came at like 12.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, well, so you have no proof that he actually did that to you. Uh, how else would this have happened? Their suggestion was, you have stairs. You could have thrown yourself down the stairs. Oh, wow. wow. You hear that? You're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yeah. Holy crap. Almost like you're the crazy one in, in this world, this world yeah. that you didn't know. Yeah. So, and that's kind of set the scene for the rest. It took about like a little bit over a year to get through this. And wow. I don't know, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. And so many times you're like, why am I doing this? Why? And then you have to remind yourself, you're fighting this battle for your child. Exactly, exactly. No, for nothing else. And, and I really want um, people to take note of this, that it was difficult and it was hard to even make that decision. Uh, the fact that you did and you stuck through it, that's right. what people need to do. Because there's probably someone listening to this and they're thinking like, oh, um, it's okay. You know, I don't want to have to deal with that, you know, that mountain, um, the stress in life. I don't have time for that, whatever. But you're pointing out that there's things in life that you have to, you have to fight through. You right. have to sacrifice more time for because... It's, it's about family. It's about who you are as a person and not letting that moment define you. Right. And I think if you never said anything, it would haunt you. I believe that that, that moment would define you if you didn't stand up for yourself. Right. And people need to hear that nowadays. And I think it would define me as a mother too. Like, how can you say one thing yeah. and do something else? Like not have integrity as a parent. Yes. They'll always call your bullshit on that. Yeah. So excuse me. They'll, they'll usually <laughs> call you out and be like, well, mom, dad, you didn't. You didn't. you didn't do it. Why would I? Yeah. Right? They, they watch us. They watch, mm -hmm. Our kids watch us and they see what we do. And they're literally going to emulate it. They're going to copy you. And I, I think another big lesson to take away from this is that you think this can never happen. This will never happen to me. Yeah. I don't live a life like that. Like, I don't surround myself with people like that. That's never going to happen to me. Yeah. And that's why you're not prepared. But I... and. There's, there's a bunch of lessons to take from that, which I've relayed to my daughter. Of if anything like that ever happened to her, 
uh, if somebody disrespected her physically in any which way, shape, or form, you know, yeah. uh, the mistakes to avoid. Like, I look back and I know so much more now about the system and yeah. what would have helped me to make this journey smoother and to have more credibility as a victim, which I didn't know before. But A, you're not prepared because you don't think this will ever happen to you. Yeah. And B, when you're in the moment and this is happening, your brain fires differently. Exactly. Like, you don't think ahead and say, oh, when I <laughs> like, need to fight for this, yeah. I need to have... Uh, like proof, witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that you don't way. Think those things. No, you don't or, think. Nor can you access that like rationality. Like at this point, no. you're focused on safety. So that's why your body shut down and everything, and you didn't want to meddle anywhere, any like anywhere else. Right. You just wanted to maintain safety. Yeah. Um, and that's helpful. I think anybody like that hears your story, they realize knowing that now you're gonna feel this way. You're gonna feel like you don't need to say anything. You're going to um, physically feel like you're in a hole. Mm -hmm. What do you do then? And I think that's what your story shows people. Right. I was lucky the, the place I live in, in the front of my house, there's commercial uh, space and there's an F45, okay. which is high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. And I thought, check it out. Go in there, see what it does. Maybe I feel better because I'd heard like endorphins and like yeah. anything, anything. And, um, I started working out there and I, I did feel better. I mean, it kicked my ass. I remember the first time I went there because I wasn't used to working out. I, uh, I finished the class and I have what, like a hundred steps or 80 steps to go home. I opened my front door, I laid down in my hallway and I had 911 on speed dial because I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is going to kill me. <laughs> but I went back. And then oh, nice. I okay. realized, oh my God, I feel much better, at least for a few hours, you know. <laughs> and then sometimes I went back twice a day. Sometimes I went back three times a day. Wow. And, oh my God, I started to feel better. Like, emotionally, I felt better. Physically, I started to feel better. Um, they had a global competition back then for... Um, members and I was like I'm gonna enter that and I entered it at 35% body fat oh, okay wow and then because of the pandemic it got cut short usually eight weeks and it got cut short to six yeah. weeks yeah. and I um I went from 35% body fat down to 16 in six weeks with diet and training in six weeks in six weeks so wow, I ended up lot, winning yeah. female highest per percentage body fat loss for that um, competition. What was driving you to do this? Was it um, just like the, the momentum of feeling better? Yes, at that point, it was just a feeling of feeling better, not being in that darkness, darkness. in that hole, you know. Yeah. And I have to say, at F45, the whole team, the trainers there were amazing, and they pushed me, like lovingly pushed me because I had told them what happened, they knew. And I said, you gotta let me do my thing. Don't push me too hard, but push me a little bit. Like just <laughs> give me a little TLC, you know, and yeah. just gently push me. And they did, they did an amazing job. Wow. And um, they, I, I remember when I first started, I had no balance. I got hit on the head so hard. Like I walked in and like there's stuff where you have to like jump up on things and I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I had no balance. So they were there to support me and help me and just get myself 
back to trusting my body and just feeling better overall. Yeah. It's an amazing community, I have to say. Yeah, people, people don't credit the, uh, the body as um, one of the tools to help your mind emotionally, especially right. your spirit, you know, whatever like is internal. Mm-hmm. People forget that the body is one of the best channels to tap into the, the emotions again. Right. Um, because, you know, after a trauma, especially your body shuts off. Um, it almost cuts a connection between your head and your body, mm-hmm. your mind and your body. And uh, people get stuck in their head too much. Yeah. It sounds like you forced your blood to flow back into your body. Uh-huh. Like your body is all you had at that point, you know, because right. emotionally you're too drained. Um, people don't credit the, the body as, as that big tool right. anymore. Um, you said like endorphins started flowing, things like that. Um, and it also, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm working out that much. And I started to see little results. Yeah. And, and I was like, I can't drink anymore. Like, oh, you know, yeah. like that would be counterproductive. Yeah. So now I started to get a little ambitious, you know. Nice. <laughs> and nice. so I completely stopped drinking. And, um, and yeah, like it's just one little step at a time, you know, without pushing myself too hard, without being judgmental on myself and like you know just being kind to myself say come on like you gotta do this you know yeah um um when did when was that 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 first uh class at uh, f45 when was that i don't even remember i think the first class was probably in november or december the attack happened in um september i think of what year uh two years ago oh wow Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So like September 2019, if anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh wow! So right before the the, the yeah. like the pandemic hit and right. everything. So you've been on this journey since I mean since then. Right. Um, you made that transformation. You won, right? You lost <laughs> the most body fat. I mean that's super intense. That's a lot of body fat percentage in six weeks, if anything. Right. Um, but I think you 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 fought with this fire that I, don't, I, I think people can feel from the screen. They can uh-huh. feel it. They can probably hear it through the mic. Um, <laughs> I, I think our lives and the, the current lives that we live are a result of our pasts. Yes. Right? And I, I see you now as this powerhouse of, of hunger and, and fight for, the, for these things that we're talking about, for real life. Yeah. Um, and it happens to be um, fitness, bodybuilding that lights you up now to spread your message, to send that message to people. Um, what has bodybuilding, what has fitness given you now? and into this Sabine in front of me. <laughs> so after I lost all this body fat, I was barely 100 pounds. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and now where are we going to go from here? There's not much left. I can't keep doing this. I'm going to disappear. Um, and so I, I, I went to a friend of mine who has a nutrition store, and I said, hey, uh, do you know somebody who can help me put on some muscle because I'm just (laughs) skin and bones at this point. And uh, he said, I am, I know somebody. I'll uh, check with him, see if he's interested in working with you. And so uh, he ended up calling Dave Fisher from Powerhouse here in Torrance. And uh, Dave then called me and said, why don't you come in? I'll look at you and see if I can do something with you. And so I went in, and I will never forget that. He looked at me, and he's like, okay, let me see this. You know, like, looked at my body. And he said, okay, I'll train you, but I'm not going to babysit you. (laughs) And I looked at him like, I don't need a babysitter. I'm okay. I'm quite capable of taking care of myself. (laughs) Back then, I didn't know what that meant. Now I know. Like, 
Nice. He's not gonna motivate me. Mm. You know, like tell me to come in and make sure I come in every day and, you know, tell me what to eat and all of that. Like, you're going to do this on your own. I'm here to train you, but I'm not going to hold your hand. But I didn't know that back then. So I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, and then the pandemic happened and oh, yeah. him and I, and everything shut down. He shut down for a while too, but uh, he and I trained every day. We were in a closed gym and there was the lights were off, AC was off, and it was like the Rocky movie, I swear to God. I was like <laughs> checking the streets for police, ran in the back door, and we trained. And it was phenomenal, it was amazing. Wow. Um, and I fell in love with working out, with like really working out, with lifting and wow. with bodybuilding, and I saw my body transform. Yeah. Uh, and you probably saw on Instagram the before and after pictures, like, yeah. Wow, yeah. holy. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you get the discipline to get up at 4.30 every day? Uh, I would cry if I couldn't. I would wow. be really upset. Yeah, because it's part of you now. Yes. It is you. It is the whole, it's a lifestyle now. It's, it gives me so much joy. Like this morning I had, I was like, I have 35 minutes. I'm going. I have 35 minutes I'm in there (laughs) and I went and it's yeah it gives me so much joy it gives me so much energy and and again it's something I could give to my kids you know my son and I didn't have a very good relationship for a while because I left his dad um today we train together and um he told me the other day, he's like, Mom, you know, I made a vision board. And he's not the vision board kind of guy. Oh, really? He's not. And I said, you made a vision board? Wow, I'm proud of you. And he's like, and I wanted to tell you, you're on my vision board. And it made me cry because wow. I'm like, oh, my God, we've come such a long way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, wow. to be with him and his friends, be part of their life, you know, and they want to train with me. It's like, wow, I'm not the regular 50-year-old mom where they're, like, embarrassed to be seen with. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, can you come? Can you train with us? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. And he's now fallen in love with bodybuilding. And he trains, I want to say, five, six days a week. He has a coach now. He diets. He's, like, wow. <laughs> nice. So cool. And that's ins- inspiration he pulled from you. Yes. Wow. Yes. Like you mentioned, you're, you're not the, uh, like the, the mom that we're embarrassed of. You're yeah. the badass mom that yeah. I want to hang out with us. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And he's, like, there's, there's people that you know, at school who are like, your mom's a powerhouse. And he's like, yes, she is. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, how many teenagers say that about their mom, you know, or want to say that about yeah. their mom? So it's, it's very cool. I'm, I'm so happy. I feel like I've come full circle, you know, on, a, on a lot of things. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like there's so much more that you're going to be capable of, that you are capable of, and it's going to show. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're your posts on Instagram are about this. This is the message that you bring. Yeah. Um, hard lives create strong people and um, your past doesn't define you, but it helps define who you want to be and then who you become is this powerhouse, right. Sabine Power yeah. Life. And I, I feel like we always say, oh, your past doesn't define you, but I think it does. Definitely. Like in an amazing way. You know, I, I feel like the harder it's been, the more transformational it has been yeah you know and that's like 
when you see the silver lining of something really terrible, then you're like, okay, I'm on the right path. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, that's like Phoenix rising from the ashes. I'm Definitely. coming back. Yeah. You yeah. said, you mentioned something in one of the previous videos you posted. It was um, like something about the darkness that that's uh -huh. where you find something. Yes. And I don't think you can see, see a silver lining if you're in a bright light. No, you, you don't. You, you see it in the darkness first. Yes. Um, that dark, if someone's in that dark path right now or they're in a dark hole, what would you tell them? What would be your message to them? See, I, I keep talking about bodybuilding because yeah. that's what did it for me yeah. in this case, in this instant. Uh, but if, when I look back on all the things I've experienced, um, there was always something that gave me that joy you know and and i and for other people it's not going to be bodybuilding but it's going to be you, as long as you can keep your heart open despite what's going on just like you can keep your heart open to see that what lifts you up you're going to be okay wow and because if you can focus on that, the rest is going to be okay. It always is. It always, it's, it's an ebb and flow of good and bad, and we all go through it. We all, I'm not that special. There's a ton of people who go, everybody goes through crap. Yeah. Everybody does. Yep. But it's how you deal with it. And if you can keep your eye on the ball of the joy you're gonna go through it and you kind of come out better in the end. Wow, yeah. So for some people it might be painting or yeah. I, I don't know, running. Mm -hmm. You run your heart out. I'd, I've done that in the past. I would run, just run for miles and miles. I don't know. It's everybody has their own thing, right? Yeah. Like for you, it's this. <laughs> it makes you happy. Look so. at you. Like, you're like. So glowing shining you know <laughs> i love talking to people about life yeah and it, you're you're right this is the exact story of um the broken instruments it's uh we're all broken somehow by this world yeah. uh, we're not perfect we're imperfect people we're flawed uh, but we're able to take what we have left and still make noise it's like the japanese what is it saying or like i always think of that the broken pottery mm -hmm. that is m more valuable and bigger yeah. when it's put back together yeah. than the original perfect shaped one, right? That's exactly Because it. they put it back together with gold. <laughs> and that's what we do, right? That's like when we, we break, if we can find, and I keep calling it the joy, like the gold, the joy, and we can put ourselves back together, we're gonna be, our hearts are gonna be bigger. They're gonna love harder. They're gonna enjoy life more because we've seen that darkness. Wow, very true, very true. It's the, the, the human body is that. Um, when you break your bone, it heals stronger than yeah. before. And I think there's so much metaphor in nature that proves that, mm -hmm. and I think, I mean, that, that's why um, you know, I was grateful that you're able to be on the, the Broken Instruments podcast. I, I think um, this is one little talk of many talks that you're going to have to inspire people to find that joy. Yeah. You know, and it's beautiful to have a, a three-letter word have so much meaning behind it. And it, it sounds cliche at first. It's it does. Like joy. But I mean, there's so many 
coffee mugs with yeah. like joy, <laughs> you know. But I think it's like once you feel it, you really feel it yeah. in your heart, then you know what that joy is for you. True joy. Yeah. And then even in the darkest moments, when you look at your child smiling at you and laughing at you, you're like, oh, it puts a smile on your face and you're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. We can do anything. Wow, yeah. And that's yeah. when you really, really feel it. And it's not just on a coffee mug, but you feel it like in your heart, in your bones. Yeah. Then you're good. Wow. I really appreciate you being on the Broken Instruments podcast, Sabine. I appreciate you having me. Thank this is, you. This flew by real quick. We're um, done? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know, coming all the way out here, um, anticipating what this conversation was going to be like, you know, I, I throw around a lot of things in my head. Uh -huh. um, I told myself, you know, I know enough about her story and I see who she is now. Let's connect the dots from, you know, their past to uh -huh. who they are now. And honestly, you're right. We, we throw on words like uh, joy and whatever, like even God. It's like mm -hmm. over, it's oversaturated already. People dilute the meaning of that. Yeah. But that three-letter word means so much to one person. It changed their whole life. Yeah. And we really have to give value to those moments, to those words in our life because it carries the energy. Yeah. You know, joy for somebody sounds so cliche. It's on every mug in Christmas time, right? right. Like you see it at the store. Um, but in reality, joy saved your life. Yeah, it did. Wow. It, and it might be a different word for somebody else. And, but as long as you feel it, it's going to do its miracle. It's going right. to transform your life. You're right. And joy in your life is family. It's, it's bodybuilding. It's fitness. Joy in someone else's life can be something totally different. Of course, yeah. But we are all powerful people, man. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. And this has been a pleasure to meet you, Sabine. Finally Thank in person. You. <laughs> um, I know we've been messaging through yes. Instagram and stuff. Um, I really want to highlight where people can um, can find you. They can follow you, hear more about your story. Where do they look for it? So it's uh, shinylittleblessings.com. And then it will take you to our Etsy store to, to see what these pieces are, these meaningful pieces. Um, and uh, they're an inspiration, you know, to create whatever it is that brings you that joy or is meaningful to you. So um, people look at it and they, they write to me and they're like, oh, I saw this, but this is what's going on in my life. How can you translate that for me? And that's what we do. Um, and then uh, we're on Instagram at Shiny Little Blessings and at Sabina underscore Power Life. And um, yeah, that's... That's pretty much it. That's good. Thank you so much, Sabine. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a joy. <laughs> Always. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you.